Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. But first, a couple of words for me. If you don't know already, I have a new monthly magazine, which is now out. You can go and join that magazine subscription list. It is free at theconvo.io. That's theconvo.io. Also, if you're completely unaware, I also have a Discord group, which I would love for you to join. It's going to be a small community where I can take questions from you, where we can build a deeper relationship. There will be a link to that in the show notes. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Conversation of Money podcast. Really, really happy to have you here. Um, So today I'm joined by a guest. Um, I often get a lot of people, in fact, I've done some coaching this year, and about four people that I've coached in the last week or so have all asked me about YouTube. And as you guys know, I'm on YouTube. YouTube has been very, very good to me. This is the third year. Um, It has definitely um, expanded my reach. It has brought opportunities my way that I never would have thought I would have access to. It's a it's a platform that really does put you in the foray or in the forefront of whatever industry or whatever thing that you want to do. And in on today's episode, I have a guest with me who is a content creator slash consultant. He has a YouTube channel with over 13 million views. Now, just to put this in context, I think I'm about 1.2 million views on my channel. So he's like 10x mine, and the stuff that he does on YouTube is very, very interesting. I thought I'd love to have him on just to kind of talk about the space of YouTube and maybe give his tips on what he has experienced in regards to building a business, building a side hustle, because I know that this is something that a lot of you who listen to me and watch me are interested in venturing into as a possible way to essentially chase your own aspirations and your own dreams. So I'm so pleased to welcome Mark Draper onto the show. Mark, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. Cool. So to start off, could you just give a brief introduction to yourself, please? Sure. So my name's Mark Draper. I started on YouTube about 10 plus years ago. Uh, My channel's Mark J. Draper, and I review products. I'm a tech reviewer. And I have a background in business. I worked at a telecommunication company, and we grew that from a very small sales company into the UK's largest business-to-business provider. And I was made redundant in 2019 following a restructure, and that led me to really diving in a, a lot further into videos, content creation, and blog creation. And I now help small businesses with things like websites, YouTube, general using my knowledge to help them get a leg up uh, with what they're wanting to start, which um, uh, during the pandemic could be something as simple as just getting online because they were an offline business. How do we stream our Pilates classes, for example? Mm-hmm. Have you found that the pandemic has kind of reshaped the approach of businesses as a whole? Because I speak to some people that I know who are business owners and they found that it was a massive shock to the system in the pandemic if their business was purely physical and it wasn't online. Yeah, so I I work very closely with a Pilates instructor. We, We launched a YouTube channel actually in 2019 and it was a big shock for her because up until YouTube, she'd never considered doing anything on video. Mm-hmm. And we're having a conversation and she just, she thanked me because if she hadn't have done a little bit of YouTube in 2019, she would not have been as prepared 
to make the transition to doing digital classes when the pandemic hit because she'd already we'd already helped to sort out how to do the camera how to have a microphone how to have lighting and she was comfortable in front of the camera to then hit hit the button on zoom get her clients on and you know make that transition because during the pandemic of course it was completely impossible for her to have face-to-face contact certainly during that first lockdown we had in the uk and i think a lot of businesses are unfortunate that they they their work doesn't necessarily translate into an online medium mm-hmm. you know, some people can maybe push an online shop uh, if you're a consultant you can work via zoom or you know other other such services but there are, are just some places your hairdressers for example it just wasn't possible and i, I you know it's it's a real shame that a lot of them uh, have had very tough times, but I know that uh, those who were hungry for it came back. And you know, there's quite a few people we know in my local area who um, then just went at it. They'd had effectively a, a long holiday, enforced holiday, yeah. and they just smashed it out of the park because all of a sudden there was a huge amount of demand for their services because people were eager to get their hair cut, for example. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess for you, you've got a number of businesses that tie into YouTube and what you do on YouTube. Can you give us a brief overview of of that and how that's managed to come together? Because I think a lot of people are looking at YouTube as this um, springboard to chase their aspirations, chase their goals, but potentially have it morph into an actual business that they'll be able to run moving forward. How has that panned out for you and your journey? So my journey was, it started as a hobby and the way I approached it uh, is completely wrong <laughs> and not how I would recommend going about it. In fact, approaching YouTube as a business rather than a uh, just a, a social media platform is the right way to look at it because there's a lot of business principles that apply to creating a successful channel. And I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about those. So mine was a, a hobby channel and I was reviewing lots of products and it just happened to open a few doors for me. So uh, Amazon, I work with them now, they got in touch, they like my videos. And because I can edit videos, it now allows me to work with others. So as I say, I've launched uh, Pilates channel um, with a friend and I've helped a couple of other channels launch, one dedicated to talking about uh, MS, multiple sclerosis, Mm -hmm. another to do with pottery. And so we all work together and I I don't um, get in front of the camera for those, but I help with the strategy and how to go about it and really giving them a leg up in getting started. And if you've got a business or a blog, YouTube is is probably, I think, the best platform simply because it is evergreen. So you you, you have a look at my channel and you say, oh, you've got, you've ten, I've 10x your number of views. Well, that's simply because I've got more videos on there. I've been on longer and there's videos from 10 years ago that are still making me money. So mm-hmm. I had, and here's just a really random example. I did a, I, I had a fireplace fitted, a wood burner stove, and the guy that fitted it told me a little tip on how to clean it. And it was a really good tip. And I thought, you know what? Let's do a quick video on this. It's a nice visual thing. In another few years, that video, because it's an evergreen video, I get loads of comments on it every year. That video will have paid for the fireplace. Wow. So, wow. and, and it, it, it took me a couple of hours to do, you know, film it, edit it, put it on. It's really old, but it, it stands up and it's evergreen. Now you put that tip out on Twitter, within what a couple of minutes it's gone it dies yeah it's that's it, it. Dies. it's gone yeah, it goes and that's the, the same with instagram and most of these things they're flash in the pan and they're gone whereas youtube is 
evergreen. And that is what makes it so powerful that if you are a business, it really helps you establish that no like trust factor with those potential customers, whether they're people that want to buy your product or, uh, you know, your course or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, obviously you're a great example of this. I was having a look at your channel before and, you know, you're really setting out your stall. You're the expert in this area. And if people want to learn more, they can click through and go on your course. Mm -hmm. And that's, you're using it exactly the way businesses should look to use it. Yeah. It's interesting. You say approach it as a business and, and that's the right way to go about it because I, I said before we started recording, I probably should have started this like five years ago. It was on my mind to actually do something five years ago. I just don't think I was in the right place to do it. And I was kind of, I didn't have a choice. Like the pandemic really made the choice for me, to be honest. And it was something that I was like, okay, I've always wanted to do this. Luckily, I started the channel in the January with Dump Seeds and the pandemic kicked off in the March. So it meant that I didn't have any choice but to go to it. And I think it's really important what you said about treating it and looking at it as a business because and we'll talk about this probably a bit later on when we we start talking about creating a successful channel the mindset from the outset is really important because it's it's hard and the consistency is really 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 key um and i wonder from your point of view did you have points within the last 10 years where you kind of felt like you hit a brick wall and it was like, ah, oh, this isn't working. How many to change tact? Or was it very much of the case of, I know what I'm doing. I know that this is the right thing to do, just powering through and being consistent with it. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, being on for such a long time, you know, I've questioned so many times if I'm doing the right things, I've made so many different changes. I've taken lots of different courses to try and help me understand why it's working, why it's not working. And, and that's how I know that when I started my channel and, and for, for a long time, and, and even to this day, I'm not doing it the best way possible because my goal when I started it wasn't really to grow a big YouTube channel. It was just to learn the skills because I'd never done video editing before. Mm -hmm. I'd never filmed uh, and when I started, it wasn't like you had great camera phones. I actually had to buy yeah. a little uh, <laughs> you know, camera to do yeah. recording. So it was a bit of an investment, but it was it was all it was all to me. It was fun. It was a bit of a hobby. And so over that time, when I actually started, because um, because I was primarily aiming my videos and do my videos for. for Amazon UK, because what I wanted to try and do was build a reputation on both platforms so that people, I could then say to people, do you want to get your product reviewed? And mm -hmm. it will be on YouTube and Amazon. You know, it was quite mm -hmm. a nice little pitch. Yeah. Um, I had to keep my videos quite short because Amazon at the time when, when they did this, you could only have something like a hundred meg, which is, as you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. nothing yeah. at yeah. all, is it? Yeah. Um, so it was, for me, the first few years were all about me not being in it and just focusing on the products, bang, 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 bang very quick reviews mm -hmm. and so one of the biggest shifts and and this this is going to sound weird because if you start a youtube channel now this is probably one of the first things you're going to hit is putting myself on camera yeah <laughs> so at the time and and let me just set the scene this is how long ago it was didn't really use things like facetime whatsapp video calling zoom none of that existed so camera work and you know seeing yourself on a screen was weird and fr <laughs> freaky and scary yeah and so i actually did a video i think it was um it was when i when i got a new camera uh, uh, what was it now canon something or other and um i actually kind of held the camera up and I looked into it and that's 
and I, I, if I watched it now, it'd be I'd like, Ugh. it'd be terrible because I, I wasn't comfortable putting myself on camera. And that's, that's a big thing. And I found that the people I've worked with, that's the first stumbling block. And you mm -hmm. know what? Um, just get over it <laughs> because yeah. trust me, uh, you, you, you're uncomfortable for the first video. You get through the first few and that's it. It's just then you just snap into it. It's dead easy. Yeah. I would completely agree with that because my biggest fear, and if this is the, the thing that stopped me starting like maybe five years earlier was I was so concerned about, okay, so what if people don't like me? What if people start taking the pee out of me? What if like, I don't come across the way I want people to be able to perceive me. And it got to a point where I was like, hang on a second, I can't control any of that. I can't control a person's perception of me. What I can do is I can just be myself. And hopefully that resonates with somebody on the opposite side of the of the screen watching in at me. It's really, really interesting because I, yeah, I mean, 10 years ago, like the technology was nowhere near where we were right now, like nowhere near. And I think you're right. Even when I look up at some of my my first video, horrible, <laughs> like really, really bad. You just have to start. It's it's one of the best platforms for this because you can you can really see an a, an evolution, not only of yourself but of any content creators you like. Now it's very easy to go on YouTube and go, well, I don't know, Mr. Beast has millions and millions of subscribers, right? Mm -hmm. But the great thing about YouTube is you can go back and you can look at their first videos and you can go. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> and you can see the evolution of creators. And we all start with exactly zero subscribers. And that's the amazing thing about YouTube is even to this day, you can start with zero subscribers. So you started way after me. You've, you've only been on a couple of years now, haven't you? Mm, yeah. And you're on, let me have a look, what was it, 30-something subscribers? 30,000 subscribers? I think we're approaching 33,000 right yeah, now. Yeah, you're approaching 33,000 subscribers, which is double what I'm on. So, um, you know, I might get more views but your subscriber base is growing faster which in turn in the long run will mean you will close that gap mm. and and you'll end up getting you'll end up getting greater views but it just shows you that there's no bad time to start youtube it's just you've got to have the right approach to it and as long as you've got that right approach and you're willing to put in the hard work you you just need a mobile these days you don't even yeah. need to buy a camera that's the thing yeah you can there's this thing i don't know if you've heard this term it gets banned about quite a lot all the gear no idea yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people go out, they spend, you know, four grand on the latest Canon R4 camera and lighting and this, that, and the other. And realistically, you know, uh, it's hilarious that you can spend all that money, but a kid with a GoPro or a cheap little phone or something like that can can outdo you every time yeah. because yeah. it's not about the quality of the kit; it's about the quality of the content. Yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned something earlier, which is always a big pull for people who, who want to come into YouTube. And actually, it's a really, really big pull. Um, and I, I kind of reap the benefit of it now. And it goes to speak to the fact that you have so many videos on the channel and they just continue to generate income for you. And that is the ability for it to almost be passive at a certain extent. And that's a big um, topic of conversation, particularly with what I do talking about investing and money as a whole passive income and i guess my question to you is has the passive income from the channel has it made that much of a difference to you over the years from like a day-to-day -day living point of view because i always say to people yes you can get the passive income that's fine i think 
some people will look at the big YouTubers, so Mr. Beast, for example, or Graham Stephan, who's in the financial sector. These guys are making hundreds of thousands a month. And I always say that, you look, even my channel is nowhere near that kind of level. To I mean, to be getting that, you need huge amount of views, recurring views. And therefore, it can be hard going to get there. But if you do get it right, it is nice to have that little bit trickling. How, what has your experience been with that? Has it made that much of a difference to you? So first rule of YouTube, don't start a channel to make money. Mm -hmm. because if and to be fair this 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 i would say this applies in life generally if you do something to make money then you're not going to enjoy it it's going to be a drag if that's if, if making money is your only goal uh, you know it's not very fulfilling so yeah. it, it shouldn't be seen as a source of money if you do youtube well you will make money and as you say people can make a lot of money for me personally the important thing for me was that it um it helped pay for itself so I will try and I get offered a lot of technology to review. So people mm -hmm. just send me stuff for free, which is great. And there are times when I will reach out and try and uh, blag some free technology if there's something I really want. But every now and again, there'll be times when I know I can't blag it. Uh, no one's going to send it to me. I'm just going to have to buy it. So, mm -hmm. for example, I quite fancied the new Xbox Series X. I thought, mm -hmm. well, might as well buy it. So yeah. I managed to get hold of one, very luckily. And um, uh, basically, I know that the, the YouTube money I get each month, you know, one month's YouTube will pay for that quite easily. Mm -hmm. that's, that's it done. Now, depending on what your channel's about, it's not like a salary because, of course, it can be quite seasonal. It's more mm -hmm. like, a, a you know, in some cases, a blog or a business that, you know, for example, there's a few videos on my channel that are related to uh, planetarium-type projectors that project stars and galaxies. Yeah. During the summer, not much happens there. Not much happens at all. But I guarantee you that as soon as the dark night sets in and Christmas approaches in particular, the views on those and the money I make suddenly shoot Goes straight up, up yeah. because people are finding them. They are evergreen products. They're always around. And they people want to see them in action because they're quite a visual thing. Mm -hmm. But then that's only for a very short period of time. And then, you know, as soon as it, it starts getting light, it dips down again. Yeah. So depending on what content you're making and this is this is where you need to have a good think about what kind of channel you're doing you know depending on the content you make will really impact the amount you make mm -hmm. yeah I, I would agree with that because I, I think within my sector i think financial finance and finance videos i think they have the largest kind of like um cpm on on youtube which is why there's so many people in this space right now but i think you're you're right if you go into YouTube thinking that you can make a, a load of money day one, you're in for a really, really, really stark surprise. Yeah. Um, because the amount of work that it takes is absolutely humongous. The editing, the skills that you need to understand, keyword research, long tail keywords, short tail keywords, upload times, understand all that kind of stuff, understanding the style of video that works for you, what might resonate. It's a lot. And I, even for my channel, I'm like, okay, does it meet my cost? from AdSense, no, not yet. I mean, if I do any brand partnerships, then yes, it will. But, you know, I've invested a lot of money into equipment and, and stuff to try and improve the content and make it better quality. But it all takes time ultimately at the mm -hmm. end of the day for you to get to that point where where you can. I mean, I guess, for, so for you, I mean, what a lot of creators do online um, is obviously the affiliate links, all that kind of stuff that adds to the to the pile. How yeah. important is that for people who may want to be looking at building a channel 
um, to try and make it sustainable from a long-term point of view. Yeah. So YouTube AdSense revenue is nice, but I would always advise people to be thinking longer term about what is the business around YouTube going to be. Mm-hmm. So kind of always assume it's it's you're not making any money from YouTube. How else are you going to make money? It's It's a great top of the funnel marketing platform that people are going to see your videos. Now, for someone like me, I do product reviews. People click on my links. That's how I make some extra cash. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the best way, but it was just a hobby that paid for itself. So that's nice. I think your channel is a better example of how to build a business using YouTube because your top of the funnel videos are introducing people to who you are, your skill set. They're getting to know you, like you, trust you. And then if they are interested in further information, they can go and check out your website. And I think you've got a course, haven't you? The, yep. the uh, investing course for beginners. Yep. So once people have got to know you, they know that you're uh, a solid person to get advice from, they'll go, actually, I think I'll take that course. And so the money from YouTube is not really from YouTube. It is from what you build around it. Yep. And you'll find that most people who are offering um, channels on YouTube about YouTube, so how to build a better YouTube channel, whatever, it could be channel makers or uh, the Tim Schmoyers of the world, they will all have some sort of, these are free videos giving you loads of information, but if you want to do really well, buy my course. Mm-hmm. And that's where they're making the ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah. So I would say for sure you can make money from YouTube, but pretend you're not and build something yeah. around it. Yeah, I, I in the in the run up to me starting YouTube, I was doing a lot of research and I followed a lot of people. So I, mentioning people who do who have channels teaching people about YouTube, I followed like Sonny Lenarducci, yeah, she's uh, very Vanessa good. Lau, Vanessa Lau, and those two specifically. So I actually signed up to Sonny's YouTube for Bosses course. And that gave me the whole keyword, understanding how to do the keywords and research and all that kind of stuff, invaluable. I thought it was an expensive course to start off, but I thought, you know what, I'll bite the bullet, Mm. but it's paid back way in excess of the the investment amount to actually take the course. And it's interesting because Vanessa Lau was her student. And I was watching an update from Vanessa Lau the day before yesterday. She talked about how last year went and how obviously she's built this huge business, like two and a half, three million turnover a year. And she just, she was basically talking about, you know, some of the principles, like uh, things that you've mentioned in there, that making sure that you've got things in place, making sure that you've got, you know, trust is really important. Yes, you need to put your your personality, be you and build that trust with people, making sure that you've got something that will essentially funnel people into the things that they really want to know beyond the free content that you actually um, that you push out there, and I think that's really really important um, moving forward for people who may be looking at YouTube as an opportunity to try and get onto a springboard for their business naturally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, this is something that I think is important to again just restate that YouTube isn't just another social channel. This is mm. something that you can genuinely turn into a money-making business. And AdSense is nice, but it's what you put around that that's important. But you know, you kind of have to set that all aside because when you're starting out on YouTube, just forget about the money and it's it's really about setting down the groundwork so that you have a really solid channel with a clear, defined 
uh, niche, platform, mission, whatever you want to call it, uh, that you can build on and hopefully will do you proud for many years to come. Yeah. I've got to ask, actually, because I had a, I mentioned, we mentioned this at the beginning before we used to press record. I had a YouTube like in 2007 or something like that. It was called Nine on Ten Magazine or something like that, right? We were talking about music. We were doing music reviews and stuff. And back then, the monetization was instantaneous. We had to do very, very little to be monetized <laughs> on that channel. And it's such a departure from where it is right now because it took me, in hindsight, it's actually not that long. It took me six months to monetize the channel. So that's 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 yeah. watch time hours. It's the hours that get you, isn't it? It's the hours that get you because like the 1,000 subscribers really isn't that hard. I mean, you'll probably start off two, three subscribers a day, then it will creep up. But the watch time hours is really, really, really difficult to get to. You've, can I just say, you've, I've, I've worked with a few people. You've achieved that really quickly. That is, that is a really good job. I know, I know when you're waiting, that feels like an eternity. But I've known people who've been on YouTube a lot longer and they're still waiting for that 4,000 yeah. hours. So it, to achieve that so quickly is a really good achievement. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Because, yeah, it was painful at the time. And I was thinking, I want to get there. It was kind of like my target. Like, earn that two cents there. a day yeah yeah because <laughs> that's, that's the thing isn't it you go right <laughs> yeah. here we go here we go the money's gonna roll in <laughs> yeah. and what you don't realize is it's it's nothing to begin with it's yeah it's it's practically not even above the graph when you when you look at it on the graph it's a yeah. tiny amount yeah and i think that's really really important because i think people that come into this it's it's acknowledging that yes you've got to meet these milestones but at the end of the day the hours that you're putting in if you're going to do this full time really you're being paid less than minimum wage. Yeah. So if you're not doing it to help people, if you're not if your heart's not in the right uh, the right place, you're going to hate it. You're yeah, going you're to really hate it. You're effectively paying out more in electricity than you'll earn on AdSense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. So in finishing this, I mean, I know that you've got like, uh, uh, reviewify.com, you've got a couple of businesses. Let's talk a, bit, a little bit about those in terms of the online presence that you have. Yeah, so I, I, I've tried quite a few different things. I, in, my, in my role over the years, because we were a growing company, I tended to have to bounce around and wear lots of different hats. And so one year we might be launching as a mobile network, the next we might be taking over a water company, the next we might be doing electricity or gas, and then we might be having, uh, launching a graduate scheme. So I'd have to rush around. And so when I came out of that, I found that sticking at one thing, I sometimes struggle with that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I've got a few different things on the go. So I do have the blog, reviewify.co.uk. Um, I'm not spending as much time on that because that suffers the same problem as my YouTube channel, which is both of them are very general. It's mm -hmm. just it's just my experimentation of stuff. They're not a niche. They're just mm -hmm. general reviews of things. So to help people, I launched um, I, I picked up a, uh, launched a new website, indigo.co.uk, spelled with two eyes, mm -hmm. and that's basically my sort of um, web design consultancy side of things. So mm -hmm. that's why I help um, small businesses launch or if they're struggling to get through things. It's, it's just drawing on all that experience I've built up over the years. And then I'm just going to do a shameless plug. I had a few days last year and I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll write a book. Ah, so nice. I don't know how clear that is, but it's, it's a little bit blur. What did it say? YouTube. It YouTube video planner. Okay. Okay, so it's, it may not come through very clear on my webcam, but basically I had a look around and I realized that 
on Amazon. There's all these YouTube planners that appear to have been created by someone who's never done YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all about, oh, make sure you get the right tags. And tags haven't been relevant for years. Yeah, they have like yeah. So I put together a little book that basically goes through a lot of what we're talking about. It's picking a niche and all that kind of stuff, getting set up, and then tracking your stats and things like that, and self-published it on Amazon. Not, not because I've got any great aspirations that I'm going to make millions from it, but just because I wanted to understand the process of being able to self-publish. And it's incredibly yeah. easy. Yeah. So um, th- there's all that going on. And then this year, my focus is really getting to grips with uh, blogging. So although I've had the website for years, I can write, I can use WordPress. I realized um, doing various courses and watching YouTube videos that I didn't know how to blog, as in how to write articles that would get me ranked. Mm-hmm. And so I launched a, a blog last year with um, a friend of mine who's, who's the expert in the field. I do a lot of the writing. She provides me with the technical side of it. And it's now starting to make uh, more money and get more views than the review website that I've had oh, for right. 10 plus years. Nice. And that, that's, okay. in, that's in 12 months. So it just shows you how, you know, the diff- the approach you take is vital. You've got to take the right approach. Otherwise, you just, you're not doing anything. You, 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 you're putting stuff out there. No one's seeing it. No one's reading it. And if, if no one's seeing it or reading it, you're not going to sell anything. You're not going to make any money from ads. Yeah. So this year's focus is really to keep uh, really focusing in on those types of contents and, and niches and try and grow more of a niche business um, that is separate to the review stuff. I'm g- going to keep doing that. That's my almost my experimental business where I can try out different WordPress things or try out different camera things or whatever. I'll grow that if I can. But I think these other areas that I'm looking at now are really going to be where I can hopefully get a steadier stream of income because a large chunk of what I get is from Amazon and I don't really like being beholden to Amazon in terms of commission payments. It's always better if you can generate your own money than be reliant on someone else for commission. Yeah, absolutely. It's that diversification of income, isn't it? Just to be sure that if if Amazon were to change their terms and sometimes they they have done it historically, Mm. they change their terms and potentially wipe people out literally can do yeah i mean i'm I'm very lucky that when i was made redundant amazon brought in a slightly different monetized scheme for their american website and that kicked in um right when i needed a salary and and shortly before the pandemic so i've Mm. been very lucky on that front now in the meantime i've built up some additional clients um so i'm I'm not pressured to go back into a full-time job with someone else but i'd like to make sure that by the end of this year that's a lot more secure Mm -hmm. um by building up these sort of more it's a funny term isn't it passive income i I mean it is passive in that i can take a day off but you have to do a lot of work still requires work work. yeah 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 i've always struggled with that term passive because it's like it indicates you do nothing and it's like yeah you do something for it you still have to do something for it. you you have to work hard for it but it is true that if if i wake up and i think oh do you know what i just can't be bothered today i'm going to play halo on the xbox you know i can do that if i want and uh, it won't really impact me, but um, yeah, it's it's not a term I'm too fond of because I think it, it does create the impression that you're getting money for nothing, which just, mm. <laughs> it really isn't the case at all. Yeah, absolutely. You talked a little bit about a niche in there. I mean, mm. I, I guess I, I cannot um, overestimate and overstate how important that niche yeah. is. You can't go onto YouTube, scattergun, just doing anything and everything. Um, and I, I've learned that this this, this these past two years that if, if you niche and you get known for one thing you become the magnet for that one specific so, thing yeah. that's really what you want you want to build authority 
for what you're known for and be known for those things specifically. And, and that will then perpetuate kind of the business model that you might have running behind it as well. For, yeah, for and I think the funny thing about a lot of these courses and, and even the stuff that's in that little book that I wrote is it's not really anything that's new. It's not anything that people don't already know. It's just you don't think to apply it to a social, what's seen as a social media channel. Yeah. But effectively, you know, there's a few steps you need to take. One, identify who your target viewer is. So you, and by that, if you don't know about, um, you know, buyer personas, it's, it's effectively trying to figure out who your buyer is, who your viewer is, in the same way that you know your, uh, you know, your girlfriend, boyfriend, children, your best mate. You know, if I mm-hmm. said to you, what's your best mate's favorite genre of films? You, you'd go, oh, sci-fi, comedy, whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you'd just know that off the top of your head. What's their political views? You know, all that kind of information. So you, you figure out who that one ideal viewer is, and then you start making videos for that viewer in that niche. So you don't mm-hmm. bounce around. Yeah, and and I, I say the course that you took has, has done you proud because I was having a look at your channel and for all your listeners and viewers, it's a great channel to take a look at for how to do it well because mm. you're focused in, you've got your niche, your thumbnails are, are great and uh, you know it's working for you. You're pulling in a lot of views, you're pulling in subscribers and it shows that that process of finding your ideal viewer and identifying your niche and sticking to that lane and really just drilling in and owning that is the way to forward. You've got to remember, YouTube is worldwide and there's a lot of people speaking English in the world. So even if you think, oh, well, my my niche is too niche, you can still have a huge subscriber base. There's a guy, and I don't know if you'd know this channel. I don't know if you're still doing it. There's a guy in America who really wanted um, Nicolas Cage to come to his school to watch a film with him or something. I think I've, I've heard this story. I've, yeah, I've so heard you know it. who this is, don't you? Yeah. So every day, he uploaded a video of himself eating Nicolas Cage's printed-off head. Like, he'd get different <laughs> pictures of him, printed him off, he'd eat him, right? That was it, right? Last time I checked, he was at something like 35,000 subscribers for eating a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So it just shows you... There's something for everyone out there, yeah. and there is content. It doesn't matter what the niche is, how weird it is, how boring you might think it is, whatever it is, someone will watch it. But as you say, if you bounce around, if you one week you're doing, I'm going to eat Nicolas Cage's head, next week I'm going to sit on a light bulb or something, I don't know, it, it's perhaps <laughs> not going to work quite as well as that consistency yeah. in making sure you stay in that lane and you're covering those, you know, the same kind of topics. So those are the important things. I'd say really, you know, going back to the equipment thing, for me, the order is the content is key. Then for me, the audio quality, because there's nothing worse than trying to watch a video and you can't really hear yeah. it. Yeah. And then the final thing really is the production value in terms of the camera, the lower thirds, and um, if you want flashy graphics popping up, none of that matters if your content is terrible mm-hmm. or just doesn't doesn't do what the viewer wants. Yeah. And I think a lot of people fall into the trap of they go onto YouTube to make a video for themselves rather than for their ideal viewer. Yeah. And so they go, well, I want to hear about me and I want to hear about my things and I want to hear about da-da-da-da-da. And then someone else will just go, well, this is really boring. I don't know who you are. Why am I listening to all this? Yeah. I thought you were going to be about eating Nicolas Cage's head and you're not. Yeah, those are really important points. And as you're saying that, I, I, because I, I constantly have to look at my my videos and stuff, and I'm like, okay, could I do this better? I've experimented through last year around intros and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, 
actually, you know what? Maybe I just need to cut some of that out. And, it, and it's so hard to do. It is really, really, like one of the best channels that I've seen and, and very, very successful channels that I've seen that I followed in the last year and, year and a bit was a, was a girl who's got a channel about macaroons. All she does is make macaroons. That's it. Different flavored macaroons, different colored type macaroons. And she was she's part of a Facebook group that I'm part of as well. Um, as part of Sunny's community. And she's doing, she's got a course that is doing like 20 grand a month. And it's like from macaroons. Yeah. And when we talk about niches and really niching down, you could have a really obscure niche. And some people will say the more obscure, the better, because your, your views and your audience would be more concentrated for that. And because... Well, it's quite obscure. If you're offering something that they could potentially buy as a service or as a product, they're more likely to buy it because they can't find it elsewhere. And I, and it's really, 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 really insightful to to know that and and see those kind of examples as well. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I think, you know, Google, who own YouTube, are generally trying to move away from the idea of of keywords and you know. Um, terms and things like that and they're really about the the intent of the viewer and how to satisfy that and so when you're starting out if you know that you're going to be in a particular niche whether it's talking about macaroons or, or whatever it is and you have a look what's out there you take a look at what other people are doing that's working and if you do your spin on that and i don't mean by that that you just copy their video mm-hmm. i mean you've got to bring something new to the table then eventually youtube will work out well the person that likes this channel might also like this because it seems to be a bit familiar. And then if you kind of catch that wave, if you you go in the slipstream of the channel ahead of you, that can help. But that's why it's important to stay in your niche because, of course, if you then decide one week you're doing, uh, you know, you do a few videos on macaroons and then you suddenly swap to making bread, well, all of a sudden that that YouTube are going to look at your video and go, well, hang on, that's a different topic. What's that? That's nothing to do with this. Who do I show that to? And that video, and you can see that on my channel. My channel is a great example of that because i've got a lot of videos that have done really well and then some that don't do well at all and the reason for that is that one week i might review um a mobile phone and the next week i might review a microphone for the ipad Mm -hmm. now they are both great products but it's it's different audience in the same way that you know a smart bulb is different to a camera is different to speakers yeah it's different audience so because and, and this is this is one of the things that i know i'm doing wrong on mine because I haven't niched down. Okay, I get a few flash in the pans. I've managed to rack up a lot of views, but it can't grow in the same way your channel has the potential to grow. So it's always going to be a hobby channel for me. Mm. For me to do really well, I'd have to pick a particular thing, a particular niche, particular video style, um, and just go for it. And that would basically be starting from scratch. So that's what I've done with other channels, um, with other people. Yeah, cool. So... Mark, again, the YouTube channel is Mark J. Draper for mm-hmm. anyone who wants to go find it. Any other socials that you have at the moment where people might go if you find just, you? If Mark J. Draper should, I, I put the J in there, not because I'm a big Michael J. Fox fan, but just because it, it does help. <laughs> uh, although I am a big fan, Back to the Future is the best film ever. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, uh, because it helps people find me quite easily. Mark Draper yeah, yeah. itself is quite a common name, but you should the J in. You should be able to find me if you want to get in touch. I'm on, uh, I don't really use Instagram or Twitter, but I'm there, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, as I say, indigo.co.uk if you want to check out my businessy website. And the YouTube video planner is available to order on Amazon. So if you are thinking of starting 
um, a YouTube channel, what I've basically done is created <clears throat> like a workbook that you go through. It's got exercises in to help you define your niche, um, define your ideal viewer. You know, it's kind of just basic business stuff, mm-hmm. but, put, but put with a YouTube wrapper just to get, give you that kickstart. And it won't cost as much as um, the Sunny course and other people. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I think it's like 10 quid. <laughs> yeah. So start with that first, get the foundations in, see how you yeah. get on. And then if you want to put some money behind it, go to, go to these um, high flyers that make millions from it. Absolutely. So there you are, guys. This is a different kind of like topic for, for this kind of podcast. But what I want to do this year, obviously, my slogan is money is a tool, life is for living. So whilst we talk a lot about the money side of things, it's also about that life is a living part. Oftentimes, the money will inform the life that you do. So if I can help bring conversations like this to the forefront that might get you thinking about how you can go about earning money uh, in a different fashion, particularly with obviously the mass exodus that we're seeing of people quitting jobs after the pandemic, um, looking for something different to use to chase their goals and aspirations. Hopefully this has been useful. But as always, I appreciate every single one of you for watching and for listening. Thank you so much. Until next Monday, have an amazing week and I will speak to you then. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.